This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan, and I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer-editor. And this is... Drink! Drank! Drunk! It's like a reflective... I, I'm too drunk to talk about it now, but it's like reflective. <laughs> and this is another thing that gets on my nerves, and it's super specific. Oh my god. Like putting that lubrication on, like, listen, we're about to go from text to a link. A grammar show with, with a, a drinking drink. problem. Hey guys. Hello. Time to get our drinking grammar on. Drinking grammar. Remember when Nellie came out with country grammar? Oh yeah, we should make a drinking grammar Mm -hmm. to that tune. I bet uh, we could get Nellie to write it. He does not seem very busy these days. But he's not. Maybe he listens. Nellie, call us. Yeah. The numbers on the website, you can leave us a voicemail. And if you have any grammar questions, we'll answer them. Yeah. Uh, so, big news about a box of rose. I was like, wait, what's the big news? Thought I already forgot. A uh, friend of ours and loyal listener, Christy, told me back in 2015, summer of yore, that she had found a box of rose that was not bad. And I've been chasing this unicorn ever since. Cinch. <laughs> and I think I found it, but I'm not sure because I didn't check with her. But it was on sale and I bought it today. And it doesn't suck. It needs an ice cube. It needs to be watered down. It's not the best thing I ever had. All right. It was $25 <laughs> <worst>. on sale. <laughs> I don't regret it. No All regrets. Right. No regrets. That's fine. No regrets. So that's what we're drinking. Brian doesn't like it. Well, he angrily switched to beer. Yeah, we have a summer love up in the heezy. All right. Well, so now that we got our mediocre wine pick out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, do, guys. What do you want to talk about? Um, let's let's get the the heavy stuff out of the way. And by heavy stuff, I mean I'm nervous. Uh. A question from a listener. Okay. This comes from, so sorry, Grace. Okay. She wants us to discuss the correct use of the reflexive pronoun, myself. Can I just say that uh, the other day I saw that Grace Under Fire is still on television? New episodes? No, of course not new. Okay. But I totally forgot about that show, and we use an antenna sometimes, Um, because we don't have cable and you get like these really weird channels yeah you do you do and i was like oh my god grace under fire is on a weird antenna channel okay so anyway reflexive yeah so myself um so myself can be an intensive or reflexive pronoun depending on how you use it yes um intensive i think it's called intensive so it's um when it's intensive, it's like for emphasis. So that's easy. Like, okay. I myself didn't even know what she was doing, you know, or, or mm-hmm. s- just for, you're just emphasizing. Could you say like Grace herself didn't even know that Grace Under Fire was still on TV? 
Yeah, that's a good use. That's a good use. All right. I think people are most confused about myself. So, um, so the reflexive one is like, I tripped myself Mm. when I was walking down the street or whatever. Um, so is that the right way to say it? I tripped myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm not like trying to trick you. I'm just oh, genuinely like, wait, I'm just not? genuinely like, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I tripped myself. Like, yeah, uh, I brought it on to myself. You know. So okay. it, it's like you for clarity. Almost, you're saying myself because you are reflecting back to the subject, which is I. Okay. Um. Okay. The tricky part where people on The Bachelor get confused mm-hmm. is, and we've talked about this a little bit before, and that's why I brought up The Bachelor, but um, the tricky part is when someone almost tries to be too formal. Yes. And they think, just like whom, which we've talked about before, people yeah. are trying to be like fancy, and they say um, something like, oh, um, you know, why don't you come out with, you know, Morgan, Brian, and myself? So... The the way to maybe think about that and fix that in your language or in your writing is to to take away the other people involved. Okay. So if you said, um, you know, why don't you come to the bar with instead of saying with Morgan, Brian, and myself? If I said come to the bar with myself, that wouldn't make any sense. It's come to the bar with me. Yeah. So. And it's still like that, even if I had a thousand people before me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that would be me. Same thing. This is, you know, well, you wouldn't say on behalf of me. You would just say, this is from me. Yeah, this is from <laughs> me. Yeah, here here you go. Yeah. 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 Um, so those are the tricky things. I, I And the most common, I think, that's where people get tripped up. But I, you know, there's so many other ways that you could use it. But I am... Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong, but these are the ways that that people are mostly yeah. getting. Um, it gets upset. it gets very nuanced, and there's certainly lots of ways to use it correctly. But you need to have a lot of knowledge and probably have gone to school, yeah, and studied this stuff to know the right way to say it. So when avoid. in when in doubt, avoid <laughs> it. The same thing we say as who for whom, just avoid it unless you're in this scenario like we first described where you are reflecting back on yourself and it it's that's so what you're that saying is hard i was no, just doing but, that as like yeah, an but example so you're saying i usually you're say, you're already saying i you're like i did it to myself so you're yeah. you're reflecting back on that i i tripped myself like you're looking back on yourself like it's reflexive it's it's a mirror you're reflecting myself the word started as me self just like herself, his self, me self. Um, Interesting. But it meant more like self, like your body or, or something. Okay. But it's become different. I, I don't know the whole story, but um, I thought that was an interesting and her, side note. Herself and his self, like we said, are a little more obvious. You can kind of feel when it's natural to use them. You know, yeah. she did it to herself, and but you wouldn't, you wouldn't say... Her, let's go to the bar with herself. Like, yeah, no one gets confused about that. You don't accidentally throw that in there because it sounds so bizarre. So, yeah, that's also a good a good trick. <laughs> if you wouldn't say herself or his self, don't that's say myself. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Thanks. I just made it up on the spot. God, you're so smart. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing that to our attention, Grace. Everybody, just don't say whom and don't say myself. Dumb it down for us. See, another thing about people talking real, real dumbly. (laughs) I have this article pulled up from Deadspin. And it is by Terrence Doyle. Mm-hmm. It's called Navigating Your Way Through Bullshit Corporate Lingo. And I mm. think this is something that a lot of ourselves can relate to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a very long article. I'll just pull some some key quotes here. It's just this idea of the words that people use when talking about business stuff they don't they're not straightforward and they use extra words or they use these like neutered synonyms so this example is when hewlett-packard boss meg whitman decided to cut thirty thousand jobs last year she referred to her actions as strategic pruning Mm. which is just like that seems a little insensitive yeah like okay we know what you're doing, Hewlett Packard. Like I can't remember the last time I purchased anything HP. Like we get it. Pruning seems so strange because it's like I don't think that's even that's not like a corporate term as far as I know. So it's like she was like strategic because that's a corporate word and pruning, pruning. because that's when I use my sharp objects. Because <laughs> I don't want to say firing. I don't want to say strategic layoffs. Yeah. Because that seems mean. So I'll say pruning. And this is really prevalent in corporate America. I don't work in corporate America, but I definitely still hear these words. And they even take umbrage with things like the term starter home, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this I find interesting. It says buying one home and living in it forever is apparently not good enough. One day you may become a millionaire and your decent two-bedroom ranch just won't do. Or, you know, buy one house and live in that perfectly good house forever. Uh, Do not let corporate lingo and general keeping up with the jonesing influence the way you feel about your position in life. A lot of people, as you know, we just bought a house. And a lot of people, when we were stressed out or when we were like, oh, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have that, just sort of like lowering the bar of their expectations before they would see it or something they would be like well you know it's just your first house it's just your first house Mm -hmm. and that was like i mean i didn't i wouldn't care that people were saying that i wasn't angry or anything but i just kept being like okay i'm not even in there yet why are you putting the pressure on me to buy another house already buy another house i actually never want to do this again to be honest so (laughs) like let's stop stop talking about my next house (laughs) Uh, okay, so corporations' desire to, buy, to be financially diverse or dynamic uh, is a backhanded way of increasing or changing workflow. So they're like, well, we got to diversify. This needs to be more dynamic. That means like you need to do more. Uh, strategic pivoting tends to mean that without warning, <laughs> the job you were doing fine at last week is no longer your job because you're pivoting. It's just all these like code words to say uh to say some to to mask what you really mean 
your company needs to revamp its product to stay relevant in the marketplace. That means you're also then forced to pivot or you'll no longer be relevant to your landlord. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And it gets even worse. uh, Someone that we know sent me a quote and it says, it's going to take a lot of lift, but let's get this idea socialized. Hopefully we can cut down on the chum and stand this project up. Wow. What does that mean? It just means it's going to be difficult, but let's get some buy-in. Socialize, I think, means buy-in. Okay. Cut down on the chum. I guess that just means crap. (laughs) I guess it just means, like, just do your job, motherfuckers? Like, uh, uh, cut down on the chum and stand this project up. Just, like get this project going so they say Cut down on like the miscellaneous like yeah. whatever's holding back i don't even really know but it's just it's just words for the sake of words it doesn't mean anything it's just it would these people were like it would be too rude to just do it in yeah. one sentence so i'll make it four well and i think it's funny too because there are some things that are in i guess corporate world you can maybe go from one corporation to another and and it's the same but there are things that are so specific to your company too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are you know Actually, maybe even if you don't work in a corporate world, like where you work, Morgan, yeah. like if someone went in there, like if I went in there, I'd be like, what do you keep saying? You know, like <laughs> yeah. maybe there's something. Yeah. I feel like you guys also like sort of communicate in Snapchat. So <laughs> I'd be totally lost. <laughs> uh, no, that's really funny. T- that just happened today. Uh, so in my, my workplace is very small, but the staff ranges from mid 20s to mid 40s. And the we were talking today about back in the olden days and whatever and my bosses were saying when they started and when you would get a a good clip so when your client was in the new york times or your client was in time magazine or whatever you used to have to you know you would subscribe to every paper and every magazine and then you would have to actually carefully cut it out you would have to use um, a glue stick and put it on a piece of white paper and then you have to put it in the color copy machine and make a color copy and then you could put that in your binder and that was your clip and you used to have to paste it so you used to have to paste it up and that was the lingo and our 22 year old who works there was like oh my god is that why you guys always say paste it up when we get a clip, but and she, since she's entry level, her yeah. job is to paste to paste up the clips, which means she she uses the internet, screen grabs it, <laughs> and she photoshops it to make it look pretty. Yeah, and then she puts it in like a Dropbox folder, and then we eventually send that to the client, and we don't give them a bind. You know, it's yeah, all electronic, yeah, yeah. obviously. But she's she's cutting and pasting, but she's doing it entirely on the internet, and it's there's no glue stick involved. But they'll all, like they'll say to her. Hey, can you um, like grab that USA Today clip, paste it up, and clip it? That's fine. And she, it was never something that she did. I don't think she ever questioned it. But when we were describing today, like, oh, back in the day, she was like, wait a minute. It was like the light bulb went off. Yeah. It was very adorable, and everybody had a good laugh. Aww. Um, but this, back to Deadspin. Okay. Uh, so they say, check your work email. Check it right now. Odds are you'll find therein at least one of these phrases. And I could bet it doesn't matter your field. You're going to find one of these going forward. Oh, I feel like I find that in my personal email. Ping me, circle back, reach out, 
touch base, shift a paradigm, leverage best practices. The list goes on and on. I'm too depressed to type any more examples. <laughs> these are words and phrases aren't necessarily these words and phrases aren't necessarily harmful to an individual or an economic level, but they are harmful in that they make you sound like a fucking moron. <laughs> Stop using these words when you catch yourself defaulting. Stop using these phrases at all if you can help it. If you contain an email using these, if you receive an email containing these words, ignore that email for a little while. <laughs> I mean, this is not practical, but it's, uh, it's very funny. Yeah. Uh, so sure, it's hard not to want to assure your manager that yes, going forward, you'll keep best practices in mind when reaching out to the client about any pending paradigm shifts, blah, 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 blah. It's very tempting to, to just adapt and use this lingo. The writer urges you instead of saying going forward, you can say next time. Instead of reach out, you can say contact. Instead of ping, you can say message. Like you can use the real original mm-hmm. words that those words have taken on the meaning of yeah one that's hard i think is leverage like if well, you say yeah, we're mean, gonna leverage that really our, means something our relationship with them like you don't want to say use no i agree okay i use leverage a lot yeah leverage actually means something yeah. and this he says leverage best practices right so that's stupid you could say use best, you could say use best practices nobody's going to be mad that you use yeah that you use to use there you're not, yeah you're not using best practices to your advantage in yeah, other yeah. ways than just that they're best practices yeah yeah um yep and it's just and then it says uh understand what is and isn't a perk and i like this too so it's you know, maybe if you're applying for a new job or you're getting a new job and they're offering you these shiny little perks to distract you, uh, try to remember what they really mean. Um, equity, that's a buzzword that startups seem to love. It's not compensation. You, you need to really educate yourself. If somebody's offering you equity, you need to figure out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, hopefully it's not just bragging rights for getting in early. <laughs> Uh, same thing, health insurance, it's not a perk. It's a right. Your paid time off isn't a perk. It's a right. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of of that kind of BS that goes on, especially in the world of startups, in the world of... It's, it's a whole new world out there. And it, this... If you don't understand what something means, ask what it means. Because people yeah. use misleading language... Both in meetings and maybe when you're negotiating a mm-hmm. employment. So you just, I've, I've had to say it before. I mean, my last job, this job, and you feel so stupid because people are saying these terms as if they're saying street and yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you have no idea. You're like, what are they talking about? And you just have to be like, I'm sorry, what does that mean? And it actually is funny because I think when you say it, it brings people out of their corporate selves a little bit to be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I actually don't know how to explain that. It's like a dumb term for yeah. your desk. You know what I mean? Or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, workstation. Like, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then the last thing is a throwback to something that we talked about with Julie and Emmy. But I think it was on the bonus episode. And it says uh, that $700 juice maker isn't innovation that's changing the world. <laughs> it's... It is what it is. It's it it makes juice maybe better, faster, more efficiently. Yeah, but it's it's not life changing. No, the Vitamix though, that's a different story. Uh, well, yeah, that obviously. does change the world. Yeah, 
Uh, and helpful advice, this writer says, uh, in reality, most of us, we're not changing the world. We're not innovating. It, just no matter where you work, no matter what you do, you are more than likely a cog, maybe in a machine that's trying to change the world or trying to innovate, but you yourself, you're a cog. I know that feels cynical and dark, but it's true. And the sooner you reconcile that, the sooner you'll be able to adopt an I don't give a fuck attitude with regards to your employer, which I think is an important. You don't want to be totally I don't give a fuck, but you need to be able to have that backbone to have a leg to stand on when you're in the corporate world that you can feel that you have some agency and that you can fight for yourself or that you can say that you're not scared to ask for this or that because, oh, we're changing the world. Yeah. You're not. You are a person trying to pay your bills and trying to get shit done. And this is your job that pays you, number one. Number after that and the benefits and whatever comes with that is, is secondary. But the very... the point of a job is you're getting money to live your life if you wouldn't Don't forget do it that. if you wouldn't do it for free then the most important thing is that you're there to exactly you know exactly and there's why people have jobs yeah and there's a lot of this like brainwashing coolie drinking that goes on in a lot of companies that make you feel like you can't ask for what's yours you can't ask for time off you can't request better health care. You can't go to the big boss with your concerns because you've been fed this line about how amazing the the culture is and da-da-da-da-da. It's not true. Look out for number one. Um, speaking of the not asking for time off, um, that is like the biggest problem in America right now. Yeah. And it's a bunch I, it of bullshit. Makes me so sad. There was something that came out recently from um from like US travel, which mm-hmm. is uh, obviously they are they want people to take their vacation. Uh, more than half of Americans didn't take all their vacation days in 2015. Oh, that's so sad. Up from so oh, so more than half, 55%. Up from 42% in 2013. This is the first time the study found a majority of workers are not using all of their vacation time. So most of most people that you know aren't taking their vacation time. Guys, like here's how you get paid. (laughs) You're not that important. And the sooner you realize that, the better we'll all be. Yeah. Of course you're you're valued and of course you are Filling whatever role you've been assigned at that company. Mm-hmm. But for fuck's sake. Take your vacation, man. It's what do you have, 10 days? That's pathetic. They're not going to miss you. Well, and it's m- more than that, too. It's like it's part of your compensation package. So yeah. if you're not taking them, give them back and get money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's part of your package. And it, like, but really, I think you should just be taking your vacation because it makes you a better person. Makes yeah. you a better person, makes you a better employee, makes you a better friend, partner, everything. Take your vacation, dummies. Fuck the corporate lingo. This went down quite the path. I thought we were going to talk about leverage for most of the time, but now I'm like, yeah, give it to leverage the Leverage your vacation days. That's what you need to leverage. Leverage me a beer, please. Thank you.
All right. Reagan's PR Daily, which is something that Linda insists she's heard of before, and I probably should because it's called PR Daily. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just get the emails. I know. I guess I should be subscribing. Yeah. Uh, so this is obviously a trade publication for mm-hmm. PR professionals, but they had a great post that's relevant to all of us by Bob Keen. Proper spelling and grammar in emails, colon, it's important. True that. Which we've talked about before, and we've talked about writing your emails and how to best communicate your shit. And I just liked a lot of his points. He says, typos and incorrect grammar in emails drive me insane. Nothing more embarrassing than responding to someone's rant on Facebook and discovering a typo in what I posted, which... Uh, I've done it. We've all done it. I know, but doesn't that hurt you? Like, it just like that reading that sentence made my stomach drop a little because I absolutely hate if I'm trying to make a point and that I'm passionate about. And then I look and I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's like not valid, not valid. But as Bob says, some people don't even notice typos. I'd say a lot of people. Yeah. Don't even notice typos. He says many people don't care about or even notice such things. So Bob's pointing out that. Um, a, a lot of people, even though some of us care, a lot of people don't care. And that's kind of a freeing thing to realize. Mm-hmm. He, But he then he then goes on to say, the next point is, so that's why I didn't get that job. And he's referencing a study that he had peop- that uh, went on where people were testing uh, five traits of extroversion, agreeableness, openness to experience, conscientiousness, and neuroticism. And they asked participants to judge emails and we've talked about the study before where they were judging emails mm-hmm. uh, about an ad for a housemate yeah and the recipients were judged on a lot of things including their use of there and there and typos and grammar errors god damn it okay but those Errors can actually affect things from finding a housemate to obviously even getting a job. If the person who's reading your resume or reading your cover letter is the kind of person who cares about that, I don't know what the stats are, but it's like one in whatever people that actually affects them. They're not going to put you through to the next round because they see that as a lack of care, lack of conscientiousness. Yeah, I mean, that's the most important time to be, mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. have to have your proper grammar, to you know, spell check and read and reread and have someone else read. And, you know, I know that if you're looking for a job, it might be tough to have someone read your stuff. But like, I don't know, my mom did mine. (laughs) So everybody email your stuff to Linda's mom. Right. I mean, you'll have to email me first. And then I can tell my mom that she has an email so that she checks it. But retired life, hashtag retired life. Kathy has a job. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so hopelessly neurotic question mark fine it doesn't make you more judgmental people who scored low on agreeability were more bothered by the typos and people who scored low on extroversion were more bothered by typos and grammar errors hmm. uh, the recipients level of neurotic was introverts that were more bothered by it it's extroverts they scored low on extroversion, so they are introverts. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the recipient's level of neuroticism was irrelevant. So, 
contrary to popular belief, just because you're neurotic doesn't mean you're hyperjudgmental. It just means usually people who are neurotic, that's focused inward. Yeah, I was just about to say that yeah. means it's about themselves. Yeah, they don't care what everyone else is doing. They're thinking about themselves. Yeah. And lastly, surprise, your friends make allowances for your carelessness. This is something Thank that goodness. Linda and I have been talking about a lot recently. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of feedback from people in my life. Yeah. Welcome. And I, and this join is the club. Happened to be for the first time. This has been happening to Linda at least since college. But ever since I've put myself out here as some kind of expert, which I'm obviously not, which I've never claimed, which I never will. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'll never say never. Maybe I'll go get my master's in, in, in something real smart. But... I'm not going to. Spoiler alert. Uh, people have been like, I don't want to write a review because I'm nervous you'll read it. And I don't like to email you because you're going to judge it. And yeah. I know Linda's been hearing this for a long time. And yep. it's just not fucking true, guys. Yeah, we don't we don't care. I literally <laughs> don't yeah. care. We don't care. Uh, someone who knows you, this is Bob again, someone who knows you will be more forgiving <laughs> of your email errors. They already have an opinion about how smart you are or aren't. And your email's not going to change that. And that is so true. If you're my friend, if you are my colleague, if if I know you, I have an opinion of you already, good or bad. You'll never know. Just kidding. It's, I don't. I don't really associate with people I don't like. So you'll never get an email from Morgan. <laughs> nope. But I, if I'm friends with you, it's because I like you and I think you're smart. And I don't give a fuck how well you can write, and vice versa. Like if, and also everyone makes mistakes. So some yeah. people are really good writers and they make mistakes. I feel like I know a lot of really good writers, um, and. And then there's also like people who are smart in different ways. We yeah, also know like if, people who... If you're my friend who's a web designer, you don't expect me to know how to make a web page and you don't think yeah. less of me because I can't. Yeah. Like, and if you're my friend who's a stylist, I hope to God you don't look at my clothes <laughs> and think less of me. Like, that's your profession. And that's like, yeah, you know, church and state. They don't... We're friends because we are friends because we bond on a level that's outside of work. And you respect what he what you do yeah, and yeah. you know they respect what you do and yeah it's like everyone calm down but yeah i mean it, don't, it you better write me emails and you better review my fucking podcast yeah that's really important <laughs> but so it matters when you're applying i mean it's like so obvious i shouldn't have to say matters most when you're applying to a job yes. matters least when you're emailing your friend about a barbecue yes. or whatever yes um so you know just you know, don't be too uptight about it, but like you just have to be careful when you're supposed to be careful. That's all. That's all. Yeah, guys. I can't believe like people still have to say this, but we are still saying it. And you know, you and I have talked about it before. And you know, obviously, Reagan's PR Daily also talked about it. Bob Keen. Hello. Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. As always, for listening to another episode of Drink, Drunk, Drunk. If you want us to talk about something in particular, let us know. DrunkWordNerds at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. I don't care about how many misspellings you have. No, not at all. And the more corporate lingo, the better. Oh, yes. Leverage your love for us. And let's circle back on this. Ping me.
I never want to talk to you guys in any other way except through microphone. This has been a riveting production.